Many people these days have their bucket list, a list of things they most want to do before they die. Seeing the seven wonders of the world, including Victoria Falls, is frequently on that list. Now, Victoria Falls is located in southern Africa on the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe, and it's formed by the drop of the Zambezi River. One can find almost all the information about it on the Internet these days. Victoria Falls is over a mile wide and 355 feet tall, approximately twice the height of Niagara Falls. 38,500 cubic feet of water flow over the falls every second. Beautiful pictures flood the Internet of brave swimmers playing in the Devil's Pool, a collection of water adjacent to the falls. Pictures of elephants snacking on nearby vegetation, of aerial views that let one see the entire falls in all their glory. So if all this information and all these snapshots are on the Internet, why do people still put going to Victoria Falls on their bucket list? Well, because there is something one knows by being there, by seeing it firsthand, that can't be learned by mere facts alone. There is something that can be known only by experiencing the blinding sun, by feeling the mist on one's skin, by hearing the water's thunder. Some things have to be seen and experienced. Recently, I attended a panel discussion at the Clinton School of Public Policy on the current situation in Syria. Included was an exhibit of photographs taken by a man known simply as Caesar in order to protect his identity. Caesar was a forensic photographer for the Assad regime. And according to Stephen Rapp, former U.S. Ambassador-at-Large for Global Criminal Justice, which means he was someone who prosecuted international war crimes at The Hague and other places. Stephen Rapp told us that different military units in Syria are given quotas of how many people they each have to torture and kill. Caesar's job was to document that those military units met their quotas, placing not only his life but the lives of his family at risk Caesar would periodically smuggle these photographs out of Syria as proof of the atrocities being committed against the Syrian people. In August of 2013, fearful that his actions were close to being uncovered, Caesar faked his death and along with his family left Syria, bringing 55,000 photographs with him. The photographs we saw were heart-wrenching. They invoke absolute horror rows of people, including children who had been literally starved to death, photographs of civilians with their eyes gauged out, or organs removed, or signs of having sustained tremendous beatings. It took all I had in me to stand there and look at those photographs. This is precisely why Caesar, this ordinary man with extraordinary courage, took the risks that he took because he knows that standing in front of these photographs, being in their presence, is an experience unlike merely hearing about the atrocities or even just seeing the pictures online. It touches the core of our being and motivates us in ways that nothing else can. Quite simply, some things have to be seen and experienced. 
The Gospel writer John knew this. His whole Gospel is about signs, about seeing and experiencing and participating in the life and works of Jesus. This is the way people know that Jesus is the Word made flesh. In today's Gospel reading, John the Baptist describes the sign by which he knew exactly who this Jesus of Nazareth was. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, John the Baptist says, and it remained on him. And from then on, John the Baptist wants others to see and know as well, proclaiming whenever he sees Jesus, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Or behold, look, here is the Lamb of God. And just as surely as John points others to Jesus, Jesus himself invites them to come closer. Two of John's disciples leave him and begin following Jesus, wanting to know where he is staying. Jesus replies simply, come and see. I actually think that Christianity might be summed up in these three words, come and see. After all, when we forgot who God is, God said simply, come and see. And God became flesh and blood and lived among us so that we could see with our own eyes and touch with our own hands and hear with our own ears. Christianity is a come and see religion. Our faith has to be seen and experienced. We can't be Christian just by reading books of theology although books of theology can shape our experiences and give us words for them, we have to leave our secure libraries and enter the world to find Jesus. And we can't be Christian by good intentions alone. Faith without works is not real faith, the book of James tells us. True faith reveals itself through our actions and experiences, through prayer, through acts of love, through solidarity with those in our society who have no power. And finally, we can't be merely cultural or ethnic Christians. We can't be Christian by virtue of the fact that we belong to a long line of Christians. As it's been said, God has no grandchildren. Each of us must decide for ourselves to follow Jesus. Christianity is a come-and-see religion. It's a come-and-see religion because to follow Jesus is to experience what it means to give to those in need and to receive when we ourselves are in need and to have a servant's heart and to dream dreams that are larger than our own and to love our neighbors, all of our neighbors, and to know ourselves as loved unconditionally as well. What are you seeking, Jesus asked the two disciples who followed him that day. And like the two disciples, we answer with questions, questions that come from the core of our being. Is there hope in a world of wars and refugees, we ask? Come and see, Jesus replies. Can even I be changed, we ask? Come and see, he says. Can one ordinary person make a difference? Come and see. But I am busy, we say, and exhausted, and certainly am not as brave as the Syrian photographer who risked everything. Can even I really find the courage to follow Jesus? Come and see, Jesus says. 
Come and see.